2: Hi there, it's me, Laura Wasser, the divorce attorney and the founder of It's Over Easy, the online divorce service. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces, shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives. Along the way, I often have to remind people to lower their expectations. When dealing with matters of the heart, rules simply don't apply, because all's fair in love and war. So welcome to the All's Fair Podcast. Fasten your seatbelts and let's go. Hey there, everyone. I'm Laura Wasser.
3: I'm Johnny Raines, and this is the All's Fair Podcast, where everything relevant to relationships is up for examination and discussion.
2: And thanks to the novel coronavirus, which is not so novel, where we are right now at this moment in history, our relationships are being tested more so than possibly at any other time in recent memory.
3: So true. We can't even socialize, and for those of us in the media, production is either shut down or like us here at All's Fair and at Saturday Night Live, we're all recording ourselves from home. For those of us without kids, it's like groundhog <laughs> day.
2: <laughs> Do you think that the people on Saturday Night Live are like, oh, my God, those guys on All's Fair podcast are homies? They're they're, they're doing the yes, same thing? Yes, they, mm-hmm. they know
3: that we can commiserate because we can relate. We're also having to record ourselves from home. I see. And for those of us without kids, it's like Groundhog Day every day. But for people with school-age kids like you, Laura, I just don't know how you do it.
2: There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of drinking. Let me just well, put it that way.
3: <laughs> is Jack becoming an alcoholic?
2: <laughs> no. That The yelling is and drinking, for the most part,
3: are <laughs> being perpetrated by me. In the LA Times, there was an article uh, addressing this sort of quarantine fatigue that all of us are feeling. So you really want to see your friends. Here's how to assess the risk. And they kind of go through all these different activities from social distancing, having barbecues, recommendations on how close or how far away you should stay from people. And sad to say, it's still necessary to social distance.
2: Yeah, and I've um, talked about playdates, like what you can do with your kids, and can they actually ride bikes. That article depressed me, because I kind of feel like I'm not doing that as well as maybe I should. I sent it to Mary, and I was like, we're not doing this. But anyway. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs>
0: Still One healthy. thing that I
2: have found very important during this time is, and again, you know, I say this all the time. I think being a divorce attorney helps. Don't judge. I mean, if you don't want to have people to your house, if you don't feel like interacting with them because you don't think they're being safe, fine, but don't judge. I don't, right. I don't need anybody else's opinion unless I ask for it about what I'm doing and I don't give it to them. And so everyone's doing their own thing. I certainly am not inviting people to come over to my house without masks. I have my own way of doing things, whether it's going to the market or taking the dog to the vet or whatever. But otherwise, try to refrain from judgment, which I think might be a good practice to get into because when we come out of this, maybe you won't be so judgmental of other people then either.
3: Well, that quarantine 15 may make some people a little judgmental. What was that? The f- extra 15 pounds that I'm gaining from all the food I'm eating.
2: <laughs> I will judge you for being fat.
3: I had a feeling.
2: <laughs> it continues to be about personal responsibility. And for families with kids, the new reality for siblings is that they must spend much of their time together in the absence of friends, school peers, teammates. I'm watching this with my kids. They are actually having a really good time together swimming. I think my older son has really embraced my younger son, whereas before he was a teen and he was like, get out of my room, get out of my room. He's like, he's the only thing going right now. So (laughs) I'm enjoying watching them play together. But that article by Catherine Rosman really did make a point about how it can be difficult and you will have a different relationship with your siblings, I think, as we come out of this as well.
3: Yes, yes. She talks to five different families, five different sets of siblings in this article, And they range in ages, and and some of the parents are a little more, you know, as they used to say, woke than others, I think. So it's interesting how that resonates in the children being able to get along and to be diplomatic. But one of the siblings that really was interesting to me were an older pair of siblings where the eldest son had gone away to college, and the slightly younger sister, these are kids who are 15 and 18... The sister had taken over the brother's room and more or less was Uh -uh. like, yeah, the big kid on campus, so to speak, but at home. And then the brother had to come back. And so in the article, she talks about, you know, how they had to readjust to his presence back in the house. But she's still ruling the roost.
2: Yikes. (laughs) I also wanted to talk about the She Knows article about celebrity couples who are co-parenting amicably. And one of yes. them was Anderson Cooper. He's co-parenting with his ex, Benjamin Mezzani, that they amazing. have a the new baby. Yes. Yeah,
3: that really is amazing. The story uh, he told to Us Magazine about his choice to co-parent with his ex was also very interesting. They got along so well, and it's kind of like a they're an example of what we talk about on this show just because you break up with somebody doesn't mean that you can't stay friends with them. And just because they might not have been the best partner doesn't mean they can't be a good parent.
2: True. And my hope is that as we watch the people we admire, celebrities, luminaries go through these things amicably in ways that are ultimately better for everyone, particularly their kids, their behavior will have a positive ripple effect on everyone because we know we like to do what the celebrities do. You know, the phrase conscious uncoupling and all of these kind of examples of couples that have vacationed together, you know, pre-COVID, how they're doing this co-parenting together is a good example for all of us.
3: Even some of them are our co-parenting And quarantining together, like Bruce uh, Willis and Demi Moore.
2: Yes, yes.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
2: Today, to share his perspective on that point that celebrities help set the agenda for relationship trends, we've invited an authority on celebrity relationships to join us. In his past life, he was a publicist working for A-list talent like J.Lo. He's the former executive editor of OK Magazine and HuffPost Celebrity. He also appeared across broadcast and cable news, co-hosting and commenting on celebrity relationships. And he's also the host of the new podcast right here on iHeart called Naughty But Nice. Welcome to All's Fair, Rob, Naughty But Nice Shooter. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Hey there, Rob. (laughs) Hello, both. Hello, hello. (laughs) Hello. So tell us a little bit about yourself beyond what I said, because I kind of said it in a boring way. But why are you so interested in celebrities? And why do you think, more importantly, the rest of us just love hearing what goes on with them?
5: It's a really good question. I think it's two parts there. I'm really interested in celebrities, but... I'm also just a very nosy person. I've always been <laughs> nosy. Like when I was a little boy growing up in Britain on the playground, it was like um dangerous liaison. I knew everybody's <laughs> business. I always was nosy. And I think I tried to figure out a way to make this into my living. And what I stumbled into is that most of us are nosy about celebrities. We love them. I went to school. I got my master's in politics. I was going to be a like a politician, I guess, or, or work somehow at the Houses of Commons in London. And I fell in love with the Spice Girls, and that changed my life. And <laughs> they changed my life
3: too, actually. <laughs>
5: we have that in Every common. Din- I love that. Every <laughs> dinner party I went to in London, all they wanted to talk about was not economic theory or politics. They wanted to know about Ginger Spice and why she left the group. So I sort of learned pretty quick that celebrities are something people loved. I was good at it. I love to gossip. And I think the tone of my show and my website, naughty but nice, has what's made me pretty successful. My readers are not mean girls. They don't, you can gossip about people without being mean. And I think the mistake a lot of us make is trying to be nasty and we think it's witty or sharp, clever, and it's not. It's just mean. I always say that um. When I go out for drinks with friends, my most interesting friends—the ones that have all the best dish—are really not very nice people. And the <laughs> friends, the friends that are really boring, are lovely people. So if you can be naughty but nice, if you can be in the middle, then I think you'll find your audience. So I, I started in celebrity gossip. I actually started as a publicist. So I started working for celebrities. I was a publicist for JLo, for for Jessica Simpson, Alicia Keys, P Diddy. So. I was a publicist for a really long time, and entertainment, reporting, and publicity are pretty much opposite ends of the same coin. And so in my PR days, I was the publicist for Us Weekly magazine, and that's how I sort of really got interested in reporting and celebrities. And it's, it's amazing. It's really paid off for me. Because of my background, I've been to places that other gossip columnists, reporters would never get access to. So I've been to the Oscars and backstage at dressing rooms. I've been on photo shoots with celebrities. And although we never, ever reveal our sources, I've, I know a lot of really fabulous, famous people who, like you and me, like to gossip. So I have a question. Do you yes.
2: believe that the more famous one is, the nicer he or she behaves, or the more well-behaved?
5: I think the more famous you are, the more aware of your behavior you are too. So you might still be awful behind the scenes, but I think you're very aware of the image you project. And I remember with some of my clients, they would say to me, the minute they left their house or their apartment, they became that celebrity. Whether they were at dinner, whether they were going to the shops, whether they were going to do a concert, they were not really themselves themselves until they got back into their hotel room or their apartment. Those were the really successful celebrities. Celebrities that are aware of who they are and are willing to give it to their public are the ones, I think, that do really, really well. So I don't know if they get nicer. Right. They get smarter.
2: Smarter and more aware. So, okay, then the follow-up to that is, is that, Rob, do you think, one of the reasons that it's very difficult for celebrities to have deep relationships, romantic relationships, because they're actually more than one person.
5: Yeah, I think it's really tricky. I think that a lot of times people that they date fall in love with the image of the person rather than the reality. So when you date Jennifer Lopez, you want to date J-Lo. You don't necessarily want to meet Jennifer on a Saturday afternoon, although I do. I think it's fascinating. But there is a difference between the two of them. Also too, I find that like in any job, your world becomes your work and that world of celebrity is very small, and the people that they let in or out is very, very particular. I have a very famous friend who told me very early on that he invites people into his life. You don't get into his life unless you're invited, and the minute you betray him we can't discuss it like friends who are not famous i've betrayed a lot of my regular friends i'm so sorry but we forgive each other we move along celebrities don't give you a second chance because they feel they have so much more to lose it's a it's a very complicated job and i think if you get to see the inside of it as we we we've been lucky enough to see it it's something that you would i think think really hard about before you ever wanted to do it rosie o'donnell said if she knew how being a celebrity, really would be she's not sure she would have worked this hard. It's interesting, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you would pick it. I don't know if you would pick it. you think you would because of the money and the power and the glamour. I don't know.
2: I wouldn't. Would you? I wouldn't either. No. I I I totally value my privacy. (laughs) Me too. And and picking my nose. Okay, one more question, (laughs) and that is this. Celebrity wedding or celebrity breakup? Which gets more hits? Do we really love the schadenfreude so much that even if it's naughty but nice – do people really like to see them split up or have something bad happen? Better than we like seeing Ooh. the good stuff.
5: They're both really interesting now. It depends where you hear it. This is this is a little nuance. So stick with me. If it's on the cover of a magazine, it's going to be a wedding because we want to see the wedding dress. It's a visual medium. So when you break up, there's no visual unless you throw a punch. Hopefully not. There's actually not really a good a visual, which is why on the covers of the magazines they take two pictures and sort of like. Um, put a scratch down the middle as if they've ripped up a photograph. So the visual's not as good. So to sell magazines, weddings are more successful on the internet and on podcasts and radio. Breakups get more, but they're not the number one celebrity moment that actually generates the most hits. What is? Death.
2: Oh. Death is Mm.
5: the number one. And magazines for the longest times stayed away from it. They didn't know what they had. And it was actually the National Enquirer who put Elvis Presley's death on the cover, which they didn't want to do. And I think it's the number one selling issue of all time. When Princess Diana died, her cover, I think, is the number one selling People magazine of all time. Death is actually the most powerful way to get people to buy a magazine. And is
3: it like overdoses or unexpected deaths or just deaths in
5: general? the more tragic the death, unfortunately. It's like real life. Like if you think about it, it's awful, isn't it? We have terrible. But if you think about it, when I'm with my friends, I gossip about regular things like who you're dating, who's broken up, God forbid somebody has died. So all those big moments in life that are relevant for you and your friends over a Cosmo, that's the same in the world of celebrities, which makes sense because we think we know these people. We think we know Jennifer Anderson. We don't call her Jennifer Anderson. We call her Jen. We, we we're on first-term basis with them. It's interesting. The people on television, we think we know. Katie, Wendy, Hoda. The people on nighttime TV, like the newscasters on Mr. Brokaw, um, <laughs> Lester Hald, we give them a second name because we're a little bit more respectful. But the people on morning TV that see us in our underwear probably in the morning when we're rushing out the house, they're our friends. And the same with, 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 with celebrities on TV. We like them better than movie stars. We right. can never be Julia Roberts, but we do think we know Rachel from Friends.
2: Interesting, because they come right into your living room.
5: In our living room while we're picking our nose again, and it's an obsession today. While we're eating our, eating our snacks and sitting on the couch, we, we get to know them. It's really fascinating. If you look at covers of magazines now, there's been a real shift, particularly in the weeklies. A lot of those covers now are TV stars, movie stars, You know, don't feel bad for them. They have a fabulous life. They earn a lot of money. But what actually shifts the narrative is a TV star, particularly a reality star, which sort of explains the success and our obsession with the Kardashians.
2: Because you were a publicist, you know mm-hmm. this, I get this all the time when we're about to file paperwork for a divorce or whatever, many celebrity couples issue a statement saying we still love each other, mm-hmm. we're asking for privacy, whatever else. Give our listeners what advice you would give if you were still doing a PR gig, because um, we have people, normal people listening, but now with social media, you've got to put something out there too. What, what's your PR version of the split announcement?
5: My PR version of the split announcement is: tell the truth in the nicest possible way. Don't lie, but don't put stuff in that you don't mean. If you're not still friends and you don't still care about each other, don't say it. Don't you you cheated don't on me
2: and gave you. me herpes, but it was a good run.
5: <laughs> and we love our kids. <laughs> That's right. We have three beautiful children.
2: So, are you guys
3: recommending then? This is this is very interesting. The, the divorce attorney and the gossip columnist former publicist, do you recommend that average couples
5: do something like this, like the celebrities? I say you tell your own story before somebody else can. So when my sister Betty got divorced, Betty, uh, I encouraged you to tell everybody on Facebook soon because he was going to tell everybody as well. So I think no matter if you're famous or not, life is always better if you get to tell your story.
2: Control first. the narrative.
5: Look yes. at you. Look at you. How much an hour? (laughs) (laughs)
2: 9.50. My advice, just so that we're really clear, is generally don't say anything or call your publicist. (laughs) I just don't like to say a word. But again, that's why I think the publicists are so well-suited to deal with this.
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future.
2: Rob, tell us a little bit about how this, what I was talking about in the intro, this trickle down, how what celebrities do kind of affect us normal people, and particularly with regard to them staying friends, post breakup, co parenting, et cetera.
5: It really is important. Celebrities are like the word of mouth. They're our best friends. They're people we think we know. They're people that influence us. So when a celebrity does something, particularly a celebrity that we love, that we think we know, it has a massive impact on all of us. So when celebrities break up, they can really sort of set the new rules. I think recently we've seen a lot of celebrities who have been breaking up and remaining friends. Bruce Williams and Demi Moore have been together for the last, I think, eight weeks or so. Uh, Ramona Singer and her, her ex-husband from The Real Housewives, they were in quarantine together. I think the best example probably is Gwyneth and Chris. Those two have remained friends. And I think if, if celebrities do this, we look at them and we think, why can't we do that too? They really are influencers. And so I think celebrities have a massive voice here. And in the old days when, when we broke up, we hated that person. We would, we would not ever talk to them ever again. And if Gwyneth and Chris can go out for dates with their new partners together, then maybe we can try that. I'm not saying it's going to work but maybe it changes the way we think just a little bit. Also too, celebrities are are, are something that really drive the culture. We live in this world. They're on TV all the time. They're on the covers of all the magazines on all the websites, even the fancy ones CNN. Mm -hmm. They have a big celebrity entertainment division there. When I worked at the Huffington Post, it really used to annoy Ariana that I think the entertainment side got more hits than the politics. Like, Mm -hmm. people love this stuff. Don't get me talking about (laughs) kittens on the internet, too. Like, people love this stuff. So I think that they have a a bigger impact than than what we can imagine, particularly when it comes to relationships. And a big part of relationships is obviously divorce and, and breakups.
2: Do you think it's easier? What do you say to people who say, oh, it's easy to be, to stay friends if everybody's beautiful and everybody's wealthy and there's enough money to go around. And so we don't need to be ugly or angry or wanting because they have
5: everything. It's really interesting. All the famous people I've met are not quite as beautiful or happy or self assured as you think they are, we or all- wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> when I said OK Magazine, or oh, this is such good gossip, it won't get me into trouble, I'll be careful. So when I said OK Magazine, we used to buy baby photographs and wedding pictures for the cover. And I would write the checks so I knew exactly how much we were paying. And then the celebrity or their people or, or someone around them would leak to the press what they wanted people to think we paid. And and there was a lot of extra zeros when I read about it in page six. It wasn't the check I wrote, but celebrities also too. They they, they they're insecure, they they have feelings. I used to always think if I was just like 10% better looking or 10 pounds lighter. I would be happier and I didn't get any better looking, but I did lose 10 pounds. I was miserable. (laughs) I I know I was happier when I was out drinking (laughs) and being a fatty. I, I loved drinking and all the things that made me look a little heavier. So don't, don't buy into that. We all have those things that we wish we could change about ourselves that we think would make us instantly happier. Not true. And the same as celebrities, you know, just look at this. is an awful example, but I think it, it holds some resonance here. Look at all those celebrities that we've heard about with drug overdoses and alcohol and all the problems. If their lives were so great, Hollywood would be a much happier place, and it's not. It's a little, a little, little sad.
2: A little sad and a little lonely. I'm guessing, particularly now. I mean, I do think that somehow this quarantine has given us all an opportunity, for better or for worse, to kind of reset. Reflect, but I can imagine that there might be people that are used to having a lot of people around them saying yes on the payroll. Where all of a sudden nobody's able to do that right now, and so you're in your big mansion, and there's nobody there blowing out your hair, doing your nails, and you're like,
5: "Shit, I'm lonely. Where's my? Where are my loved ones?" It's really lonely. Not judging their lives either. If if the people around them are being paid to be around them, I guess good for them. But they're not there. What I predicted early on during this virus and I think it's happened is as people's roots and Botox started to fade we'd see less and less of them on Instagram so at first all these celebrities (laughs) were really all over so pay attention to me 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 they were all doing Facebook lives there were all these Instagrams and then about six weeks into it when the roots started to go (laughs) and the boat like we slowly have seen a little a little less of them.
3: Well, newsflash in Beverly Hills. I think it was last week they announced that uh, you know procedures are back <laughs> Thank on. Thank goodness. So
2: essential we services, my friends. Essential essential
3: services. <laughs> essential services.
2: <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank you so much. You guys can hear Rob share his naughty but nice perspective on what's happening in Hollywood and elsewhere, as if anywhere else mattered. Monday through Thursday on his podcast, Naughty but Nice. Here's
5: a taste. Listen up. It's I'm Rob Schueter. I'm America's number one, thank you very much, gossip columnist. You may have seen me, heard me chatting away on The Today Show, The Talk, Wendy Williams, CNN, and even Z100's Elvis Duran and The Morning Show. And now I want to tell you about my new celebrity podcast, Naughty But Nice with Rob Shooter. Hopefully it will be your go-to destination for the biggest news on some of your favourite celebrities.
2: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for Zooming in today. And tell our listeners where they can find
5: you online. You can find me. Naughtygossip.com is my website. Naughtygossip.com. It's cheeky. It's, I like to say it's always a pinch. It's never a punch. Oh, Aww. I love Aww. that. Listen
2: to the Naughty But Nice podcast, guys. Rob, thanks for coming. <laughs> Bye. Take
5: <care>. Bye-bye. <laughs>